Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I'm really proud of everybody there for this past year. And it's like, I'm nominated because of everyone there. I'm lucky to be recognized, but it's really the show, everybody, every single person there Mm -hmm. who made this year happen. And everybody went through it to do it. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of EW's The Awardist Podcast, where we are breaking down the state of the Emmy race and talking to your favorite stars who are now Emmy nominees. And we will find out on September 19th if they are Emmy winners. I am senior TV editor Jared Hall, and I am joined by EW critic Kristen Baldwin. Hey, Kristen, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? I am doing really well, ready for some laughs. We had some great ones in our last episode with Tracy Ellis Ross and Anthony Anderson from Blackish. Oh, uh, so and we fun. have, yeah, well, and we have more, more funny people joining us today. Uh, today's <laughs> guests are from SNL, uh, supporting actress nominee Cecily Strong and supporting actor nominee Bowen Yang, two Amazing. of my two of my personal favorites from that show. They're just so so good. They had great seasons, and you know what? A, I mean, I say what a challenge. Maybe they don't necessarily look at it uh, that way. I, I ask something kind of similar, but a challenge to um, really give people something to laugh about in this last year and a half, two years. Um, and they delivered between uh, the iceberg that sank the Titanic weekend update <laughs> yes. sketch and yes. Cecily as Janine Pirro. And oh, so uh, and when I love when she plays um, Gemma, Gemma, the, the British Gemma. God, I love yes. that. I love that recurring character so, so much. And, you know, they're doing a lot of things outside of SNL as well. Cecily is, uh, you know, starring on Schmigadoon. Bowen yes. is on Aquafina is Nora from Queens. And he had that guest episode uh, spot on Girls 5 Eva. Uh, they're both doing so much stuff. Uh, and they deserve all of the uh, industry recognition they're receiving. Yes, they're just, I mean, they're kind of... They're utility players on SNL. You know, there are certain people who you can put them in any sketch. And even if the sketch isn't quite working, they are always, you know, they're always bringing it home as best they can. And, And Cecily, especially, is somebody who's so good in, I love her in any role where she's like, a consumer, you know, like in the fake commercials and things like that. She's yes. just, oh, I even love her actual real life Triscuit commercials. Like, yeah, I, just, right. I just find her very about appealing. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Bong Yang is, uh, and he's, I believe the first, he's not a full cast member, right? Oh, right. He's the first featured cast member to receive uh, an acting nomination. And, uh, and you know, yes. he's the first um, Asian uh, cast member on the show. I, I suspect he's going to get bumped up to series regular come this One fall. One would think. One would yeah, think an I mean, Emmy nomination might help. Yeah. 
that might help. And usually they're featured players for about two years, which Bowen has been yeah. uh, anyway. So it's about time for him. Um, I mean, really, the future of a lot of them is uh, up in the air. Uh, reports are that, uh, which I, I asked Cecily about, that uh, Lorne Michaels would like those veteran cast members like Cecily, Aidy, Keenan, uh, Kate McKinnon, there are some others, to stick around longer. Some reports say he wants them to at least be there through season 50, which that would be another four seasons. Um, wow. So I, I don't know if all of them have that in them, but I think, you know, they'll maybe give it a try if, you know, the if the offer's right and they can still go off and do the things that they love to do uh, outside of SNL, then maybe it'll all work out. You have been to SNL yourself, correct? And you've been behind the yes. scenes. Uh, yes. I'm so jealous. Okay, tell me what that Studio 8H and, and all of that is like. Uh, well, uh, it's very small in that like, when mm. you're sitting in the audience, you feel you know, very cramped and I would be very uncomfortable being there now, given, you know, <laughs> given yeah. the COVID of it all. But, you know, it's that whole building, 30 Rock is very, uh, it's got a very specific older New York feel in that, you know, the low ceilings and the sort mm. of grim lighting. But uh, one of my fondest memories was showing up for a Saturday or it was a Saturday morning uh weekend update writing session with um, Jimmy Fallon and Tina Fey. And it was just like a brainstorm. And Jimmy Fallon called it bagel time because that was the time that they got bagels and coffee and went through all their possible jokes. And it was as goofy and sort of, you know, rapid fire, just one liners as you would expect. But yeah, I mean, I could, I could barely hang with those guys for one week in that, you know, (laughs) like the amount of time and how and how late it goes, I enjoy sleeping. I don't know how people do it for a whole season. I don't know how they do it for, you know, year after year after year. But, uh, you know, obviously, it's one of the greatest gigs to get in comedy and one of the greatest launch pads you can have. Certainly. And and if you're like Keenan Thompson, you stick around until Lauren or you decide enough is enough. I think he's going on season 18 now. So And God bless uh, him. Keep him going. I want him there for as long as he wants to be there. Agree. He's so funny. Just give me a what up with that or or <laughs> Black Jeopardy or something every episode. He's oh, he's so just good gold in those <laughs> sketches. Yeah. Uh, before we get to uh, the interview with Cecily and Bowen, uh, let's talk about the guest actor and guest actress nominees, because there are a lot of SNL folks in those too. In fact, guest actor was yes. almost a complete sweep, which, uh, you know, leading up to nominations, we were like, ooh, this might happen. It might not. Um, they were very close. So all four of these folks, guest actor nominees from SNL, Alec Baldwin, Dave Chappelle, Daniel Kaluuya, and Dan Levy. And then the one spoiler here in the category, geez, Morgan <laughs> Freeman, uh, who played himself on the Kaminsky method. Um, you think he took Elon Musk's spot? Sorry, I couldn't oh. even say that with a straight face. <laughs> uh, no, you couldn't. Let's get that name out of your mouth. Uh, yeah, it's so funny. You know, I had to look up what the qualifications were again for this category, mm-hmm. just to clarify. And so the guest actor or guest actress in a comedy or in a drama, it's for performers appearing in less than 50% of the eligible comedy series episodes. You know, we've, we had talked last week about uh, Jean Smart and how she had a guest actress in a comedy. And that mm-hmm. was because she was on uh, Frasier and she played Frasier, his yes. girlfriend for several episodes, yeah. but like 
not so much to be recurring, but enough mm-hmm. that, you know, she made an impression, obviously. And so I do wonder if I was just wondering, like, how does this category become all SNL? But it's because, you know, a, you know, they do one stint or maybe a couple if it's if you're a Maya Rudolph or, or somebody on SNL in a season. But, but and that certainly meets the under, you know, less than 50 percent of the eligible comedy yeah. series uh, episodes category. I mean, this is a good group of guys. It <laughs> is. It's hard to know who to pick. I mean, maybe Morgan I, Freeman just wins because because the SNL people <laughs> split the vote. Right. It's like, I, I don't, I, I mean, I guess, you know, at this point, I think they, well, I mean, they each only have one episode uh, that they have to submit. And I think it's then, you know, just like a compilation of right. uh, their work and stuff. But um, I mean, for Alec Baldwin, that would be specifically just playing Trump, Trump um, right. versus the others who are in many sketches within the show. So I feel like maybe Alec, I mean, as great as his Trump is, maybe he gets edged out by... right. Oh, Dave Chappelle. I mean, there's a people really like Dave, uh, and he's also nominated for his stand-up special. So mm-hmm. you know, he's got a double nominee thing going on. Um, yeah, I mean, I think anytime that show gets him, it's it feels like a moment, uh, and those yes. shows are always uh, one of the most watched uh, episodes of the season when they get Dave. Uh, and you know, his his opening uh, is always a it's always stand up. It's not just, yes. you know, some goofy little song and dance. Bit, yeah. Dave always has something interesting uh, to say, um, which he, he did again, though, Dan, uh, I think Dan had a really, um, I, I think he was good in an okay episode. Yeah. Like um, he, there were some, definitely some fun, I, like, didn't they have the sketch that was like the Zillow commercial, how we're all yes. like obsessed with Zillow during quarantine. Yeah. And he was really uh-huh. funny in that. Um, yep. Dave Chappelle, I, I, the highlight sketch that I remember for that was, um, the advertising executive trying to come up with different, um, like for Aunt Jemima and, and Count right. Chocula and like, yes. And that, <laughs> is that where Pete Davidson was, he was Count Chocula, right? Was he the yes, vampire? Yes. yes. Yep. Yes. Uh, and, yeah. That was good. Uh, and Uncle Ben and all of that. Yeah. Um, and Daniel Kaluuya, I feel like that was a well-received episode just because he's was. so freaking just adorable and. Yeah. Kind of like his deadpan is so good. Yeah, um, he's he plays comedy very, uh, very British, I guess. <laughs> yes, he, yes, yeah, he, he does that very well. But yeah, again, like you said, Morgan Freeman, maybe he ends up being the uh, you know, the winner just because it's like, <laughs> how do you really pick? Um, and and again, you know, another guy who someone loves, and you know, we've talked about you know, that that could also work to uh, his his co star, um, Michael Douglas's <laughs> advantage, uh. Maybe he could beat out Jason Sudeikis because of that. Um, right. Yeah, I don't know. We shall see. Then in the guest actress category, Maya Rudolph won this last year for uh, her work on SNL as, uh, I guess, then senator, then VP uh, elect. nominee, elect. Or yeah, nominee, Com- not, Kamala Harris. Yeah, yeah. 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 can't remember quite the timeline, but yeah, Kamala Harris. And then she, of course, became vice president Kamala Harris. And Kristen Wiig is nominated yes. again, not just for that character, but uh, Maya Rudolph actually came back to host an entire episode, um, as did Kristen Wiig, which was a uh, <laughs> really funny episode. Uh, other nominees are Jane Adams on Hacks, who played um, Ava's 
very high strung mother so well <laughs> very uh, high strung and passive aggressive mom i love oh boy yeah. wasn't she wasn't she um then we also have uh two nominees from a black lady sketch show yvette nicole brown and Issa ray and uh from zoe's extraordinary playlist bernadette peters who um uh, admittedly, I have not watched much of this show, but I caught a tiny portion where Bernadette Peters was performing uh, Gwen Stefani's uh, If I Was a Rich Girl uh, with yeah. Mary Steenburgen. And I wow. was just kind of mesmerized for a few minutes watching those two <laughs> perform Rich Girl. Um, that sounds that sounds quite like that sounds you know, mesmerizing yeah, for sure. It, yeah. It was, it was a moment for sure. And I think that's uh, what uh, she's probably <laughs> nominated for, but okay. So who do you even go with? Is there like one that jumps out at you immediately? For me, and maybe it's just because I just recently rewatched this sketch, I feel like almost uh, Maya Rudolph should just win again based solely on her Beyonce Eats Hot Wings sketch, which is honestly, <laughs> I have never in my life done a real spit take except for watching that sketch when she says, you got my ass drinking milk now. I honestly, I spit water all over my computer screen. It, I mean, it's so good. She, and I mean, there were other uh, moments from that episode, but that was yeah. so good. Maya is just one of those performers who <laughs> like the camera comes to her and she just lights up because yeah. anyone who's like interviewed her or kind of met her in real life, she can be a pretty laid back yeah, individual, very, I guess. Kind of calm yeah. and sort of not super effusive, but like, totally, you know. Thoughtful and yeah, she, yeah. I mean, Beyonce eating those hot wings. Yeah, she knows how to turn it on. She knows very innately what is funny. And yeah. you can't, you can't teach that. She just has it. Uh, and, yeah. you know, Kristen Wiig really is, is like that in so many ways too. Um, but I don't know. I, I feel like I kind of have to give the edge to um, Maya on this one. Um, I, we kind of talked about a bit about um, Jane Adams, who yeah. she's someone who when when I first started watching Hacks, I was like, wait, what do I know her from? Yeah. And I looked it up and was like, okay, I didn't watch that show. I didn't watch that one. But my gosh, her resume is enormous yeah. i think i have I, I definitely know and have seen her um on frazier which also kind of makes me wonder if gene smart did they cross were they on an oh. episode together and maybe gene recommended her i don't know um but yeah also twin peaks and uh hung sneaky pete um yeah she's which, just she's somebody that you've definitely seen her she's got a great mm -hmm. resume and she's just a longtime character actress it's great to see her and you know this is there she would i feel like she was in the show just right up to the to the border mm -hmm. in terms of like fewer than 50% uh, of episodes because, you know, she's feels like a recurring character. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, well, I do, I do I think wonder that's a testament the, to her work, how great and memorable yeah. she was because yeah. ooh, when, when you knew uh, when, when Ava picked up the phone and you knew it was her mom, I, I felt the anxiety for you Ava. Your chest, you yeah, know? Cause just because, because her mom is so high strung. And I do wonder if yeah. the, the love for hacks will, give her a little boost there. I mean, both yeah. Issa Rae and Yvette Nicole Brown are funny on a black lady sketch show. And mm -hmm. there's definitely a lot of love for that show um, in yep. terms of nominations. But I, you know, 
they're sort of one-off sketches. They're recurring characters. Issa Rae plays Jess, who's a member of the Coral Reefs gang and, and the gang. It's like a street <laughs> gang, but they go on a, a corporate retreat where they're at a spa for wellness, you know, while talking about their gang banging activities. Um, and she's very funny in that. And Yvette Nicole Brown is um, the judge in the um, Black Lady courtroom where like yeah. uh, they... They have the wonderful moment where they realize everyone working in the courtroom that day is a black woman. And so that's quite funny. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I do think, you know, Maya is just so instantly like she won last year. Her name jumps mm-hmm. out. Her yeah. episodes are always so funny. I do think she's the one to yeah. beat probably. Mm-hmm. The more we uh, talked about Jane Adams, the more I was starting to think, Ooh, I don't know. Yeah. Could be just the right thing, uh, you know, the hacks love and and what we were saying about how great her performances that could push her over the top. Yeah, and this would be uh, actually Maya won twice last year. She's been nominated so many times before, had never won, and yeah. then she takes home both of them last year. She's a double nominee again this year, also in uh, voiceover for mm-hmm. uh, Big Mouth. So she could be a repeat all around. Yeah, uh, time will time will tell there. For sure, um, but certainly, certainly love her, and um, she has a, a comedy uh, that she's working on that uh, MJ Rodriguez is her co-star. So that instantly, all of that, I'm like, yeah. can't wait for that yeah, one. Yep. Sign so me maybe up. we will have, yeah, maybe we will have lead actress nominee Maya Rudolph before long too. Oh, um, all right. Yeah. So uh, still on the SNL train, we will keep that moving because coming up after the break, Bo and Yang. Cecily Strong, we, oh my gosh, we talk about so many things. We, uh, you know, comment on the fact about how Bowen as a, uh, you know, featured cast member is uh, the first of those to be nominated for an Emmy. We talk about, uh, you know, whatever pressures they may have felt to be even funnier um, this past year uh, to, (laughs) you know, bring some laughs to people who otherwise didn't have them. And, uh, you know, one of the things I was so curious about, what is the environment like at SNL right before they go live? Is it is it wild? Whoa. Is it crazy? Is it controlled chaos? Is it surprisingly calm? Um, so they answered that. So many other uh, burning questions. Of course, we talked about the Titanic sketch and Janine Pirro and, uh, <laughs> and whether Cecily will be coming back. So we've got all of that for you right after this break. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm -hmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. He sank the Titanic, but he doesn't want to talk about it. And she got in a big old vat of red wine. Bowen Yang and Cecily Strong are two of this year's many nominees from Saturday Night Live. I spoke with them, and that interview is happening right now. Enjoy. Hello, how are you? Hello. Hi, Jared. Bowen Hi, is well. Hi, Cecily. The answer for in addition. Has it, has it been since like the end of the season since you two have seen each other? 
we've real life touch. scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. real life scene. But we're about to see each other this upcoming weekend, which I'm very excited That's right. about. I'm so excited. I'm very excited. Anything you want to send an invite to? <laughs> or? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Absolutely. I know it sounds okay, cryptic, but it's not at all. It's, it's not. just it's a book event. I'm my book's oh, coming out on your August. Your book, 7th, right? But is a freaking doll and is moderating my live book event in Great Barrington this weekend. But it means I get to see him again in real life, which is the sweetest thing. Well, that's so nice. Are you guys going to do that as um, like the outdoor cabaret sketch, just like singing the entire thing? (laughs) I'm sure the night will go that way. Yeah, we will. We'll get get hit by a bus. If we do it right. Oh, God, I hope not. We'll get hit by a bus. (laughs) Yeah. Let, let's hope not. Yeah. Um, well, you guys, before we dive into the um, the nuts and bolts of this season, I'm not calling you two um, nuts, by the way. I think you know what I mean. But um, <laughs> I would just like to start by uh, quickly addressing some recent reports, and then we'll dive into season 46. Um, the big thing uh, that recently came out, Lorne Michaels apparently is asking veteran cast members to not leave just yet, stay a few more years through season 50. That's four more seasons. So Cecily, are these active conversations that you're having? I mean, there's certainly, I've been open. It's been a conversation all summer. I'm, I still, of course, haven't decided. And I know it's, is it technically August? Is it July? Who could know? It's but August I am, 2nd, yeah. It's obvious. It's something I'm considering for sure. Mm. I mean, I love this place. I love the people there. Um, mm. It's an honor to work there. So it's just, I haven't fully decided yet, but either way, I'm happy. And I haven't had that specific season 50 talk, though. So I don't know. Wasn't this veteran cast member? (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. Okay. So all of that to say, then, should we have interpreted? I mean, I know you've been asked this question, but I'm I'm wondering, were you treating the finale as your swan song? Like, if this is it, this is the way to go out with Janine Pirro. That's why, you know, we opened the show, that cold open, those tears were riding right there the whole time. Yes, I mean... (laughs) I, I actually wasn't treating it as my finale. Like a finale itself gets me to cry. I mean, mm. I'm sort of oh, after yeah. the last year, I think every day is I'm treating as a finale. So mm. the tears were for me because we had a, a full audience for the first time and mm. they were so incredible. And we were all so moved to actually see that and experience it again. And they yeah. stood for the entire cold open. And it's like, oh, I wow. mean, I tear up talking about it now. They were just so mm. wonderful they knew how much it meant to us to see them. And so I think they were like, well, we're going to be the best audience you've ever had in your life. And they mm. were. And they were. And they were. Yeah. Well, you could feel that watching the show, too. So that's that's really special. Um, so uh, so we're saying don't know yet what's happening for your yeah. future. Okay. It's a boring know answer. What, but well, does anyone know what their future is going on? Yeah, is the there a timetable? Like, do you know when yeah. a decision gets made? I mean, I would hope I make the decision before the season starts, um, <laughs> just for clarity's sake. <laughs> That's very true. <laughs> Up till that Friday night, wondering, am I in the show? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, that's the a very good point. The reports aren't saying are, are, are that um, uh, Lauren is asking the freshman cast, the junior cast, to leave early. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh my God, I got to go soon. I got to pack gotta it up pretty Pack soon. your bags. That's Breaking news. Like, if right I here. say Bowen has to leave, so... <laughs> Sorry. Interpret that as you may. At least you're going out with an Emmy nomination. Uh, yeah. So so let's talk about coming those. in and coming in. Yeah, yeah. Nomination. Congrats baby. on the Emmy nominations to both of you, Cecily. This is your second, correct? And yeah. Bowen, your first, and kind of historic because it's also the first for a featured 
player on the show. So what does all of this mean to you both? I would say very historic for Bowen. I mean, this mm -hmm. show is 50 over, you know, 50 some years old and it's it, <laughs> my 47, whatever it is. <laughs> but like we've never, a feature player has never been nominated for an Emmy. Mm -hmm. But so I, I always it's say, huge. I don't always say this because it's only been, you know, a few weeks, but I say that uh, I'm just the beneficiary of really good timing because I think back in the day, the categories were different and, you know, the, the eligibility requirements mm -hmm. were different with different cast members. And, you know, like there were undeniable talents coming in in their first couple seasons. And it just like the awards weren't really, you know, campaigned mm. um, the same way. And so I just I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. But it's, it's, it's a huge honor. I mean, I, you're talking to two people who will talk themselves out of <laughs> I was admitting say. that there's even a nomination. It is, but I mean, it is true that it's like the timing is really important for all of us. And it felt like yeah. everybody at the show, I'm really proud of everybody there for this past oh, year. Gosh. And it's like, I'm nominated because of everyone there. I'm lucky to be recognized, but it's really the show everybody, every single person there mm -hmm. who made this year happen and everybody went through it to do it. Yeah. So it's the proudest I've been of us in nine years, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that leaves me to this question because uh, my colleague Marcus Jones recently asked um, A.D. Bryant this question, which I just thought was, was really interesting. I'm curious both of your thoughts and feelings about it. Given everything that has happened in the world the last year and a half, two years, we've got the pandemic, a, a very stressful election cycle, the insurrection, uh, uh, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, all of that. Was there any added quote unquote pressure felt by you personally or collectively as a cast to give people even more reason to have something to laugh about? I mean, I don't, I don't see it as um, a transactional thing, uh, you know, cause I, when you talk about like, you know, did we feel like we had to, we, we had to give people something. I mean, we are those same people, you know, like we were mm -hmm. kind of processing things mm -hmm. in the moment. Um, extemporaneously along with everyone else. And so anytime we commented on something at the show, it was kind of just a pretty emotionally honest thing from us too. And, you know, it's our job to try and find some funny bent to something, but um, you know, like it was, it was just, it was, it was a wild year and we were kind of just taking it week by week along with everybody else. Right. Seth? Yeah. And, and I mean, I would add to that only that I definitely felt like I want to try to, whatever I'm going to share, I hope, I want it to be joyful. I want to make sure I'm not, I don't want to be sharing cynicism or something that I just don't think is as helpful as like something silly and goofy and joyful. And, and as Bowen said, we were those people too. I mean, as tough as the week was, it was like, I was going to laugh at least once on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's certainly the goal. And Cecily said as much, we were just, we were searching for joy through all of it. So yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Can both of you describe to me what those minutes leading up to the live cold opener, like, you know, when the show goes live, you hear that countdown, are there like crazy nerves? Is it controlled chaos? Surprisingly calm? What's it like? It's probably, I would say, wouldn't you say bone? It's kind of different every time. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And certainly different before dress than before air. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You end up going into air most of the time feeling a little bit more prepared than you were at dress. Like 
Wait, d- does that make sense? Did what I say just make, make sense, Cecily? Oh, yes. I'm just thinking yeah. like, oh, I never, I just, I guess I never fully feel prepared. Well, I, no, you, you, <laughs> you mean you, more prepared? Yes. A little more prepared just because you've, yeah. you've, you've done, you kind of, you have some spatial and temporal awareness of what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, the moments leading up to it are, are interesting. You know, everybody, there's, there's, there are nice rituals built in where all the cast gathers at the tunnel. And then, you know, mm. uh, one of our st- wonderful stage managers will, announce when we walk out and, you know, greet Lorne in our very um, quick, functional way. And then we set ourselves and, and then the cameras roll. And so, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of buildup. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a little different every time. And I feel like I like to sort of look around and kind of check in with, you know, mm-hmm. friends who are there. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, here we go. Here we go, kid. Here's mm-hmm. another. Get ready. Yeah. yeah. Do you watch the show the next day or do you feel like lived it, done it, move on? I do this weird thing. I've noticed my ritual is just because it's something that I'm going to come back to next week. I watch the show a bunch of times on Sunday just to Mm. like study myself and be like, okay, should I not, I should think about not making that face next week. You know, I'm, I'm picking up on little recursive things to like try and improve upon and I, th- I think this will like die. I think, I think this will sort of like not be as much the case as the more time I spend there. But I just feel mm-hmm. like I'm never someone who watches myself back. But for, there's something about SNL where, I don't know, you have another, you have another opportunity at bat the next week and, and mm-hmm. so soon. And so you might as well like pick up on as much little stuff as you can to, to, to think about for next week. But then after that, I mean, after that, I'm after the, after that Sunday, I'm done <laughs> for forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I very rarely will watch the show as it's put on. And so, but this year I kind of felt like I gave myself that treat a couple times. Be like, what does this mm. show look like at home watching it? You know, mm-hmm. so it was kind of fun to do that. But otherwise I'm like, no, move on. I'll yeah. revisit this in 15 years if I'm yeah. here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and in the, well, two years you've been on air below, but Cecily, the, the many years you've been on, of course, recently you've been able to uh, kind of spread your wings outside of, uh, outside of 30 Rock and, uh, you know, Cecily with Shmega Dune and Bowen on Aquafina's Nora from Queens. And you had uh, your episode of Girls 5 Eva, which I love so, so, so much. Um, but what does sketch comedy teach you? What have you learned from it that you were able to apply to scripted comedy? I always I, say, go, you go, Cecily. No, no, please. I'm, you're going to say something better. No, I'm not, I promise. <laughs> I, you, uh, I, no I pressure. Always, <laughs> I always say that um, I worry that the credits don't transfer, right? Because you're at SNL and you're learning to read off of cue cards. You don't have to, you know, be off book. You're, you're kind of pitching to the rafter. Sometimes you're, you know, if you're on update or something, you... You're staring right down the barrel of the camera, um, and those are and most of those things don't really work the same way in other environments, on other on, on other sets or other shows. But I think what it teaches you is um, just to adapt. You have to adapt to a million different specific scenarios, and that's kind of all you're asked to do, at least as an actor, um, but certainly as a writer or any other job on set. But um, it just teaches you to to just be flexible and and. There's no one who can do everything 
better than Cecily. Cecily is one of those people at work okay. where you, you throw her any curveball and she can swing it out of the park. So. <laughs> wow. Bowen, you, it was already a great answer. And then you had to do that. <laughs> I knew it. What am I going to say to that? What a doll. I mean, you're amazing. I'm, we could, I could tell you how much I love you and all you do we all could, day. We could, but we won't. I know. I get, we'll save it for Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what Bowen said. <laughs> second that. Yeah, no, it, it makes complete that. sense. Co-sign. Yeah, right it makes complete sense. Um, over the course of season 46, okay, for Cecily, uh, I mean, among the many fantastic characters, but we got to see Gemma again with Keegan-Michael Key as DJ okay. Balls, which was... So ridiculously funny every time. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, yeah. Of course, Janine Pirro. Okay, so is, is there, I mean, you're talking about trying to find joy, trying to bring joy to playing Marjorie Taylor Greene. Okay, so tell me that that mental, emotional process involved. There. Sure. Um, I think it's more, you know, a lot of those big, goofy update ladies, I, I ended up writing with Brian Tucker. And he's been very good. You know, we've sort of, it's been where I've gotten to be like a, a clown in different ways, you know, where I can just like, those are a couple of occasions where I've sent him a video because we're writing obviously uh, a part. <laughs> it was like one where I said like, and Tucker, what do you think if I did something like maybe every time she sneezes, she goes, <laughs> you know, and he was like, I don't know. It made me laugh. So maybe it'll work. And this was a year where it was like a couple of times we were saying like, that might be too crazy, but it makes us laugh. But this was yeah. a really a year where it was like, that might be too crazy was what ended up working. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like, you know, instead of, there's a lot that's like, there's so much awful and, and things to be bummed out about. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're like, the things these people say, it's just, it's so insane. It is like clownish, you know, to go well, after. That's the thing, because sometimes you don't have to alter the words. Right, exactly. The words are already there. Sort of like, yeah. and, I, and they're words that are being used as like a weapon. So I'd mm -hmm. rather, it's sort of, in my head, like, but they're, it's, it's clownish. It's buffoonery mm -hmm. at its, you mm -hmm. know, and that's looking at it the nicest way possible. Yeah. Was the huge tub of wine, was that, whose idea was that? That was mine. You committed. That was really, I mean, it, that came down to just like, well, we, we have to always up the ante. And like last time I mm -hmm. threw up red wine. And so, <laughs> It felt like this time, well, then I have to, I was like, okay, Tucker, we can do it. But I think I have to get into a tub of wine. And we showed the effects team, like, I found this picture of a magician. <laughs> but he had, like, chains and he was bleeding from a cut. And I was like, so minus the chains and the blood, it should look like that. Yeah, but it's well, fine. It <laughs> worked. It's fine also, yeah. It really worked. It was very fun to do. Did you go through that whole process like you got in during dress rehearsal too or just kind of like we'll do everything except for that? No, no, we got in during dress rehearsal. All of it. But I hadn't <laughs> I got in we tried it out like Saturday around 5 or something where I I went to the end of the hallway and stood in a bunch of all like the ah. safety guys and the tech guys and they were like, "Okay, get in." says, "We just want to make sure you can get in. You don't get hurt." <laughs> so I was like in my in a t-shirt and sweatpants or something like okay guys this is great this is perfect and they like taking a video with me getting yeah. this tub no safety yeah. first for sure yeah as you'd um, imagine it would go yeah yeah 100 100 um okay bowen um the iceberg that sank the titanic 
the day before that episode and that sketch, you talked to my colleague, David Canfield for this little thing right here. Oh my God. Um, And at the time that during that interview, you were already kind of mourning uh, this character because you thought there's no way it's going to make it on air. Of course, it was viral by Sunday morning. So did something change from Friday to Saturday? Did did like it click in dress rehearsal? Like, okay, this this actually works and will make sense. It was it was just a matter of timing with talking to David mm-hmm. because uh, I talked to him on Friday afternoon, and yeah. you usually know what we update features make it onto the show by then by by Friday morning at the very at the not the very latest, but on average on Friday morning you 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 you're, you generally know whether or not your update piece is going to make it onto uh, onto dress rehearsal at least, and we just hadn't heard anything. So me and uh, one of the head writers of SNL, Anna Dresden. We're both like, we just both texted each other Friday morning, RIP Iceberg, RIP Iceberg. And we were just, I mean, and with, with what Cecily was talking about earlier, uh, with this being the season of, this might be too crazy, but let's do it. I mean, that's exactly what happened with this Iceberg um, update was, I mean, she and I just kept looking at each other being like, I <laughs> don't understand how this would ever make it onto television, but let's just, let's just turn it in. Um, and then it wasn't until Friday at midnight when I truly did go to bed thinking, man, someday, maybe next year, you know, next April when it feels tough <laughs> yeah. again um, for the anniversary, we'll do it. But yeah. uh, we got a text at midnight on Friday saying, let's try it. And then at that point, Anna and I were just texting each other pictures of children in Halloween costumes from 1998 <laughs> um, as the iceberg. Uh, they, and they were basically wearing what, what the character wears, um, which is like a headpiece that made out of styrofoam, uh, white clown makeup and like a bed sheet. Um, but then we made like very nuanced decisions with what he was going to wear with like, um, either it was going to be like a motorcycle jacket or a blazer. <laughs> and I went a white leather motorcycle jacket or a white blazer. And I was like, let's go with white blazer, like a white dinner jacket, because then it's not going to telegraph that he's like yeah. a pop star right out the gate. And so we like, we made like all these really, <laughs> weird decisions and choices with the departments um friday night and then and then it was crazy it was so surreal that by the next night um we did it so i mean i I, how do you even describe then the the how it went viral the reaction i i feel like it's one of the the biggest things in in a few years for sure oh i don't know i got a lot of texts about it yeah got texts you were getting texts about it too Oh yeah! Wow, just saying. Who was that? I, who, who was that like, guy? <laughs> in this way, who was that? Who was that guy? Yeah, I, I people. Yeah, I got a lot. Wow. People loved it. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't realize. I didn't realize what had happened with it until like I had a few people say, "My law professor talked about." <laughs> your iceberg thing at a lecture today, you know, on, on, on Monday, like the next Monday, you know, people, my, my friends who are in law school, different law schools, different law professors saying, you guys got to watch this iceberg thing. And I was like, I crossed over into the law professor market. And that's when I knew. Bowen's got a lot of law professor friends. No big deal. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Students. I do. <laughs> I guess did it speak to the uh, you know taking blame and culpability and and all of that the sure. iceberg saying hey it wasn't my fault right I, it makes sense there are legalities in, involved absolutely and in that for sure okay all right makes sense oh hundred percent um 
But beyond that, okay, so that, of course, was uh, a huge moment for you this past season, as well as also on Weekend Update, uh, do more to stop Asian hate, which when you know there's, as a viewer, we're going to tackle this, you're like, okay, what, like, Mm -hmm. what's the tone? How is this going to come off? How are they actually going to address it, but still be funny? Something like that, did it actually, like, kind of come easily, or did you spend way more time writing something like this to find the right line to walk? Yeah, I mean, I ended up, I, I normally you turn in a couple things for the week before the read through on Wednesday. This is the only thing that I worked on all week that week, just because it seemed like, you know, uh, uh, I, I had kind of been avoiding it, um, avoiding writing something that addressed it um, on Monday and Tuesday. And me and this other writer, Celestium, were just sort of like, let's try to do something else. This just feels too heavy. And then what they had brought up by the end of the night was, you know, if we don't write it, then who else will? And then we were, out, and then we were just like, yeah, I guess let's try it. And so we did it. And yeah, it was like, it's something that's just so sad and bleak on like a collective level that you can't really like be too quippy about it. And so mm-hmm. what we ended up doing was just sort of like bifurcating it where, you on, you know, on the front end, it was just a lot of jokes about the social media sort of conversation around mm-hmm. it. And then on the on the latter end, it was more about just like the grief of it all. And so mm-hmm. I, and so I, I think about that, but then I also, I always think about what, what Cecily was just talking about with her characters, these like monstrous people who Cecily is able to like lampoon in such a funny way. I mean, with Sidney Powell, that that's another one where it was just like, she gobbled like a turkey. No, no, was, no. Walk back. Walk I know, back. I know. But, I, but, I, but I'm saying like, but I'm saying like, you know, it's such a hard thing to, harness something that's sad and scary and then turn it into mm-hmm. something that hopefully makes people laugh. I, I feel like, um, I feel like we did that for the most part, but then, you know, I, it's one of those things where I, I come away from it feeling super, I don't know, vulnerable about, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, we, 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 gave it a shot and, um, and I'm really, and, and I'm glad SNL sort of had the platform to, to offer me as someone who just kind of like, you know, wrote through it. Um, tried out you know something to say about it and um i'm really i'm really grateful that snl just sort of gave me that it's so chance. brilliant mm-hmm. and just like i don't know if anyone can understand like the pressure of what bowen was under that week and i bowen, I, mm-hmm. I remember texting you after the table you texted you texted me after the table and that just meant like, so much to i was me. blown away it's just to have that kind of grace and it was like here bowen is that like what you're a first asian american cast member right uh, first, uh, like, fully, or, not that it matters. Yes, fully, right. Yeah. But what? But yes. Um, so it's already like you you have to do that. And then it's sort of like, then, you know, people are going to look to you to be the one to say. So, mm-hmm. so it's like, there's just so much pressure. And to do something that's funny and with heart, like right away, going while you're going through that yourself is like that's Bowen's greatness, and like oh, not not everybody can do that, and that's like Olympian. It is cut it out. You're not going to call me Olympian Sorry. in the middle of August. Well, <laughs> I just did, hun. <laughs> oh. Well, you know, it, it it kind of strikes me in a similar way that that Pete Davidson has had the platform to speak about mental health um, yeah. on uh, on Weekend Update. Um, not something we're used to seeing, and I feel like a lot of people I know talk about it they're like i perked up i listened in a different way to a show that's supposed to make me laugh and of course he's very funny during it but there's just something different for the audience you know when you can make people pay attention and not just laugh 
um, that's got to feel great for you guys too. Mm. Yeah, we, we, you know, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's family. a nice, it, it does feel like I'm happy. I'm glad we have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm glad we got to like hug our moms on TV <laughs> this yeah. Mother's Day because it was like the way I felt hugging my mom. It was like, I hope everybody feels this in this moment because we really mm-hmm. couldn't we all use like a hug from a parent right now and to, to get to share that, to have the platform to share mm-hmm. that was yeah. very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, on the same token with, uh, you guys have, you know, having a platform to do certain things and, and we've talked about, you know, finding the right line and the right balance. There are also those times that, you know, pushing boundaries, uh, is, is something that, um, you, you want shows to do that, you know, thrive in the comedy world. You want people to push the envelope to kind of challenge the way people think, but sometimes lines do get crossed, uh, especially now, I, I guess more so now with social media, um, does that change the way each of you approach jokes? Is that in the back of your mind more like, Ooh, are we, is there, are there any sensitivities here? Are people going to tweet about this? I think probably for both of us, it's not, I don't know that either of us want to do comedy from a place of trying to hurt. If I knew that a bunch of people were going to be hurt by something I did, I would not want to do it. It's just mm-hmm. sort of, and I'm not necessarily even great at that kind of comedy. You know, some people can, mm can skate that line very deftly. And I don't know that I'm one anyway. Yeah. yeah. You know, I am someone who, yeah, I have no aspirations to like be uh, uh, someone who like tries to get a a certain response out of an audience in addition to laughter, maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I feel like the people who are, who do do that are, have to be very good at standing by and taking responsibility for that response. Does that make sense? Like if you want to, if you want to sort of get a certain response out of an audience, you have to be able to just take responsibility for it. Otherwise it's mm-hmm. just a little, a little strange for everybody when it, when it happens in a way that feels a little like, I don't know, a little wobbly. And so I, I don't mm-hmm. know, some people do it great. I'm, I'm definitely not one of those people, but I'm okay with mm. that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that Cecily, does that kind of speak to, you know, your, your former position on Weekend Update? Because Weekend Update, there's so much kind of snark involved there. And, and of course, I mean, I think Colin and, and Michael, you know, they really put themselves on the front line in that way, too. For sure. And I'm, I mean, in doing Update, it's your name. But I, I think mm-hmm. it's not that I don't like snark or mm-hmm. anything like that. You know, I have a lot of fun with that, too. It's mm-hmm. just more I'm writing clown things. <laughs> more that I'm more drawn to that than trying to see what I, I'm not a pushy, I'm not a pushing boundaries in that way kind of yeah. person. Anytime I mm-hmm. push a boundary, it's on accident. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. Makes sense. Um, all right, Bowen on your podcast, uh, you and your, uh, Oh, sorry. I should say the name of it here. We'll put in a little plug. Las Culturistas, uh, you and your co-host Matt Rogers Ooh. always ask your guests the question, what is the culture that made you say culture is for me? So, so I'm going to turn the tables here a bit, have a similar thought for both uh, you and Cecily. What is the SNL sketch or performer you watched growing up that made you say SNL is for me? I have my immediate answer to this. Um, oh. The sketch was a sketch called Gaze in Space. It was written by <laughs> a man named James Anderson. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I watched it as, you know, uh, a preteen staying up late watching SNL and thinking, why do I like this sketch so much? And being in the closet or not having an awareness of like 
that part of myself and thinking I'm responding mm-hmm. to something in this. It's so funny to me. Uh, the tone of this is so funny. I love this. And so, you know, when, when I, before I even started working at SNL, I got to meet James and tell him how formative mm-hmm. that sketch was. And I think he, you know, prob- that was probably one of the first times he heard someone not to like, this is not me like bragging or anything or, or saying that this, this placement matters. But I think, I think that was like one of the first people that, that was one of the first, you know, interactions he's had where someone from that generation grew up to be able to tell him, Hey, what you did has really shaped my sensibility in comedy. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's the, I, I love James forever. And James is a good friend of Cecily's and mm-hmm. we just love him. We, we miss him. Very we much. adore him. Yeah. We adore him. He works mm-hmm. at the show. He doesn't work at the show anymore. That's why we miss right, him. Right, 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 yeah. right. Not to say he's departed. Yes. Life. Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. It feels that way. I've been seeing it for so long. James, come yeah. back. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm I'm I don't have a great answer like that. I'm I love I mean I we had like a a lot of VHS tapes SNL growing up I had the Gilda mm-hmm. special mm-hmm. and I had all the commercials. I mean, I loved Phil Hartman. I, I loved Gilda, mm-hmm. obviously. I mean, I would watch Chris Farley. I could laugh. I would laugh at anything Chris Farley did. And then Mike Myers, I feel like was probably the one I quoted the most. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, all, his mm-hmm. characters and I definitely, my dad and I were like closed down the theater watching Wayne's world. We were laughing so loud. And then of course, you know, it, I've appreciated so many, Amy Poehler, when she went on SNL, I was like so excited because I loved her in UCB. So Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, there's been each generation of SNL has had true, like real heroes for me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that have made this job look so much fun and look much easier than it is. (laughs) Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. I think Cecily and I aside, or, you know, not included, I think this is a pretty solid era right now. Like, I I just think about Mm -hmm. my coworkers. I'm like, they're so talented. It's, nuts anyway yeah very funny people you work with okay so that said uh sadly our time's almost up but i will ask each of you for your season 46 highlight Mm -hmm. Mm. that's tough wow that's really tough i mean it if we're going i mean just emotions big emotions wise i would say the ending you know having that audience but Mm -hmm. i want to give two you know i want to give runners up to the moms and Miley mm-hmm. that cold open. And then I mm-hmm. also want to say like getting to sing with Bowen when I got back from Canada and getting to sing sort of like kind of a hopeful thing, you know, like happy mm-hmm. days, you know, and yeah. it really felt like he was inviting me back to the show and back to New York. And it was so kind mm-hmm. and so loving and so Bowen. And I got to like sing with my mm-hmm. friend and that was like, okay, I can do it. I can come back. I can do mm-hmm. this. I very cheesily was also going to bring that up as the highlight. I mean, uh, of course, the finale. God, that whole show I thought was just so, so, so inspired on on every cylinder. The whole show top to bottom is so great. The mom's coming and my mom and my dad eating dinner with Cecily's mother. At Come Chinese, on. At oh. a Chinese restaurant by the hotel they stayed at. I'm like that. I so will. cute. Uh, Cecily texted me and I was I was staying up until like 3 a.m. for a pre-tape. But Cecily was like, our parents are getting dinner with each other. I was like, this is incredible. <laughs> me oh, wait, what? My parents are so shy. I know they are. They're so cute. shy. Um, and then I was going to say the, the cabaret sketch because – I texted Cecily the weeks before she was going to come back. I was like, I all I see, all I know is that you and I are singing Happy Days Are Here Again, the Judy and Barbara. And I didn't know you meant the show. 
And I was like, oh, he, he's talking about a sketch. Okay, sure. <laughs> just in life. And then, and then gonna, sing just in life. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I it, we it, would I sing. Exactly. Yeah. That's what I thought at first. Yeah. Um, oh, well. It was just, it was really beautiful. That's it. Yeah. No, that's a great sketch. It's so much fun. And uh, look, this has been a ton of fun. I cannot thank both of you enough for joining us. Uh, congratulations on your nominations. And best of luck come September 19th. Thanks, Jared. Thank and everybody, you. bye. This will all be over soon on August 10th. Okay. Here we go. Get in that too, yeah. <laughs> he can't help himself. <laughs> Thanks, you two. Jared, wow. That interview was ready for prime time. Very well done. <laughs> I loved listening to those two talk to you. And like, how... It's just so nice when funny people are fun to talk to as well. Cause not all comedians, yeah. you know, we understand this. It's like, they don't have to, you know, be chipper all the time, but sometimes mm-hmm. comedians can be quite serious in interviews. Yes. And this was nice it, where they were thoughtful, but also fun to talk to. A hundred percent, all of that. And it's so funny you said that because I started to write down that question. I wanted, <laughs> I thought to ask them, do people expect you to always be on? That you're always funny. Right, and right. that must be weird. Like when obviously you've made a career of that, that, you know, I'm sure people just always expect you to be funny and lively and bubbly. And it's like, well, no, those are like characters I play. I'm I'm yeah. not those people. But yeah, so it's, it's interesting you said that. But yes, they were very, um, very introspective, but also very funny. And those two, you can tell just by the number of times that they talk talked about like how often they text each other that these two uh, really enjoy <laughs> each other's company their friendship uh, and and being colleagues I think you know they yeah. they uh, they make each other better in a lot of ways so they really were so much fun to talk to and and glad we got to bring that interview to all of you and we're not done yet we have more to come this season on the awardist uh, as we are getting into that final voting window I don't envy these uh, TV Academy voters because they just have uh, so much great TV to pick from this year. I wish we could award everyone and, uh, you know, just so many uh, deserving folks who who brought so much joy to uh, all of us in the last year when TV was that thing that we had. So, uh, you know, had to turn to. Uh, so uh, stay tuned here to the awardist. Be sure to follow, like, subscribe, rate, follow all those good things so you don't miss an episode. And be sure to follow us on social media so you can keep up with the conversation. You can find me at Jared Hall and Kristen, you are at Kristen G. Baldwin, Kristen with an E, as we discussed for our future podcast, All About Name Spellings. Exactly. And G for Jared, Kristen Jared Baldwin. There we go. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Name change coming soon. All right, you guys. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next week. Bye, Kristen. Bye.